The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. We've made it to its opening week. You know, I, I get to push notifications for the games, and I don't even think to put them on for a second. Like, I just I don't care at this point. It's like every time Higgy hits a home run, I'm like, just put him in bubble wrap and ship him to the Bronx now. <laughs> Exactly. He's on fire. Luke Voigt must have left him some steroids or something in his locker. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, every every year he's got like a hot stretch. Hopefully his hot stretch wasn't March this year. Yeah, we don't want the Greg. That's the Greg Bird syndrome. Greg Bird would come down to Florida, hit 11 bombs in 20 spring training games, and then get hurt on April 7th. Yeah. So we, we don't want that. <laughs> yeah, and Higgy's not a guy that like I worry about um, – like whether or not he could stay healthy, it's more like can he be any good at baseball? If if he hits twenty bombs, I won't care about anything else. I'll take one eighty with twenty bombs and an average defense. Like that's how low my catching bar is at this point. I mean, that is the catching bar, though. Like that, like catchers are genu are generally not good. Yeah, but I feel like when we were growing up, there was Posada, there was Pudge, there was Piazza. There were a bunch of catchers that could hit, and I feel like there just aren't anymore. Well, yeah, you get there's like a handful of them. But Posey, like, there were more back then, though. Now, I mean, like, now you're talking different generations. You're just naming good baseball catchers throughout the history of baseball. Yeah, I mean, like, but those are all 2000 and up. You know, Mike Piazza could hit. His defense was terrible, and he couldn't yes. throw it all, and he had frosted tips. Um <laughs> I mean, Pudge was a gamer. You know, he he'd go out there, he'd play, he could you know stay healthy, he could hit, he could he could throw. It's kind of like Yachty. Like you get you know you get one of those guys every once in a while. Posada was he had some clutch hits, but like he's not in the Hall of Fame. He's not, and people also don't realize he Posada was a terrible defender too. Yeah, I mean, he could control. He was a good like he was a good field general from behind the plate, but Leadership he couldn't necessarily wise, yes. do it himself all the time. 
Right, right. You know, there was always someone else who was, you know, maybe going to be the next Yankees catcher. He was always like the sixth best catcher in baseball, I feel like. For, but for, you know, 18 years, that's pretty good to have yeah. a top, top five, six guy. Yeah, and then I think we got caught up in Gary's rookie year and then just like the potential or him hitting, you know, in the second game of a doubleheader that no one gives a shit about up by four. Oh, he hit one to the back of the bleachers. And it was like, well, he's back, but he struck out his other three at-bats. <laughs> right, right. Terribly. One for, one for five with a 500-foot bomb and four strikeouts. It was a very yeah. typical Gary. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I think, you know, overall, and, you know, we'll talk about the roster, but we've gone, we've gotten defensive-minded. And I'll take that because you're only, you were going to get your 20 home runs and, you know, a 200 batting average out of Gary – Except you were going to lead the league in errors at that position. Uh, for sure they would have. And, yeah, the, the defense should be good. They've had terrible defense for, I don't know, past five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. So you would think they should be a top ten defensive team. Assuming DJ gets to play at second, you know, he's a top five defender at his position. IKF is a top five defender at his position. Judge is a top five defender. So you have some you have some studs. Donaldson, despite his age, grades out above average. And Rizzo is a top five defender at his position so joey gallo is a reigning yes. gold glove winner i forgot about our best defensive outfield. yeah back to back gold glove winner yes yes now that the, the defense should be better i want to start with these bullshit comments that brian cashman made uh he essentially said we are not in a title drought because the astros cheated in 2017 now funny nowhere in this athletic article or his comments did he talk about his roster his team shitting the bed in 2018 in 2019 2020 and 2021. So I, I just thought this was ridiculous. I think everybody did. I assume I know what you're going to say about this as well, but it was absurd. I mean, it's it's been so long and I care so little about the the cheating scandal, but like they weren't cheating in the playoffs, right? I think they were. Okay. I mean, the Dodgers may beat us. Like everyone just assumes yes. like we beat the Astros the Dodgers were just going to roll over and let us pat their bellies. And I think that's a far stretch. I mean, because if you even go far enough back, it's like, oh, well, maybe they wouldn't have even been in the playoffs. Like, no, they had a great road record that season. They won like 50 games on the road, the Astros. So any kind of like, well, this would have happened if the Astros didn't do it. I get in like the emotion as a fan in 2020 when it came out. But now... Like, we're all over it. And when Brian Cashman, it's, it's a bad week to be Brian Cashman because you take these comments. Like, he made these comments and said, we, we're we not in a drought because essentially we would have won. He didn't say we would have won, but, like, we're not in it because of that. Um, uh, I, I don't have the quote pulled up, but it was a straight up Donald Trump like oh, yeah, he said the, horif the horrific and devastating actions. It, it's horrific a and devastating. What these people did is unfair. We call it very unfair. Like that is 100% the orange man wearing a MAGA hat saying that. When you said – when you tweeted that, I was like – because I didn't put it together when I was – and I was I read it in that voice and I was like, holy shit, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it was like – and for me, I know we've tried to say that. I'm not going to be political. Um anymore on the show but like 
that's a person who I just think like is just constantly going out there and lying to people. And when you hear Brian Cashman sounding exactly the same, it's like, oh, you're lying to us. You're, you're like you're making up excuses. You're blaming everyone else. The roster, like anyone who blames Hal, and I get like I blame Hal for letting Cashman continue to have a job. Yes, Brian Cashman for the last twenty one years has had the number one payroll, and when it's not number one, it's number two. When it's not two, it's three. It's never been lower than that. He's never had the seventh highest payroll in baseball. He's signed every contract that we've had. He's made every trade. It's all been him. And anytime we've been in a red bad roster spot, it's because he put us there. 100%. And look, take out the relationship aspect of it, the connections. I believe firmly that if you, if – Steinbrenner gave you or me, Rich or Tom or Dave or any any of these guys that we know $250 million to build a roster. I sincerely believe that any of us could put together a better roster than this. I mean, you, you look at where you look at the $250 million and we don't have a catcher. We don't have a center fielder. Like there are glaring holes. Like you shouldn't have those holes when you're spending that kind of money. Yeah. The only thing that stopped us was something that was so illegal and horrific. Nancy Pelosi loves the Astros. Like, that's it. Like, I expected to hear about Nancy Pelosi and the Astros. I Well, I actually, I think we did it the right way. Pulled it down, brought it back up. We drafted well. People say we draft very well. Traded well, developed well, signed well. The only thing that derailed us was a cheating circumstance that threw us off and critical race theory. Like that's, it's unhinged thoughts. And it's like, he said that the same day that the letter from Manfred to Cashman about whatever the Yankees may or may not have done was scheduled to, was scheduled to be unsealed. And the Yankees were like, well, we're going to throw every fucking lawyer that we've ever met at this to not let this letter come out and by the way it's got nothing in it it's not even important we're fighting to keep it sealed because it's so unimportant so it's just it's like that kind of insanity and gaslighting that really throws me off it is gaslighting and the other reason it's gaslighting is nowhere uh, where in that interview did Cashman talk about the fact that let's see we scored one run in game six in Houston and we scored zero runs in game seven so they went to Houston for two games and the offense scored one run in the two games so it doesn't really matter if Houston was stealing signs in those games we couldn't fucking score anyway where, where was that in the interview I mean maybe if they told us it was coming but like the offense fell apart it fell it's like yeah it's just you know I think it was Something to maybe make us as fans like rally behind him. Like, I don't know if he feels like, oh, you know, I say this, this will get, you know, the fans fired up again. Um, he at, about the say Astros. dumb shit like that. He, he's usually pretty level headed. Well, for all mean, of his mistakes. I think that we are. I think we're watching him circle the drain. Like, I think we have for a couple of years, but it's like he's always been cash. From, well, now it's like you're not respected. By the fans at all. There is no cash god. There's no, you know, he could, in the past, like he could buy his way out of whatever scorn and ridicule like we have for him. But he can't because there's not budget 
because he's tied up the budget right. on bad deals. Paying so Chapman like, eighteen million dollars. Yeah. So like, you know, I had said that's why I didn't like the Boone. How long the Boone contract was, but when you've got you're not having to worry about Sanchez anymore. Gallo comes off the books. In theory, Judge comes off the books. Britton, Chapman, um, Seve. Like, that's a clean slate. You know, what is that, $60 million? Yes. That's $60 million the next guy should get to spend. Oh, 100%. And I don't want to hear about, oh, they're going to they're gonna reset to sign Juan Soto. I Like, I saw that on Twitter today. Jim Bowden tweeted, like, how many times are we we're going to do that with Harper, Machado? Now we pass on everybody and we're talking about Juan Soto. I, I can't with these fake rumors that people just want to believe. And here's the thing. When Juan Soto is a free agent, you're going to get him by offering the most money. That's it. I can deliver that message to him. Brian Cashman can deliver that message. Like, that's not a tough one. Because that's not, if he stays healthy and stays doing what he's doing, that's going to be the biggest contract of all time because he's also 17 years old now, has already won the World Series. I don't think there's like a, you know, he's not tied to any team in terms of like, you know, oh, he's got to get back to where he grew up. You know, oh, you know him. He's from Denver and wants to get back to the Rockies. No, we hired his brother-in-law as the third base coach. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. So, like, let's just let someone else offer him the most money if that's what we're going to do. But I think we've learned in this offseason we weren't really in on any of the shortstops. Yeah, yeah, send us your medicals, but – there's, the money's not there because it's already been spent poorly. Yeah, and there's this myth that Cashman lurks in the weeds like a ninja. I make fun of it all the time. He really doesn't. With Cole, he made it very apparent he was going after him. CC, same thing. Like they, it, That's just some myth that some 16-year-old made up at some point, but you, you pretty much know when they're going to go after somebody. He found Gio Urshela, who won us nothing and <laughs> won no individual awards and had like two hot months over three years and a couple decent years. He was better than the bag of shit we thought he was going to be. And it's just like, wow, Cashman lurking in the weeds. He's not. If he was lurking in the weeds, Sean Manaya is starting for us, you know? Like, it's a tough week. So what I was getting at is, like, he makes those stupid comments. They throw all the lawyers at this thing. And then for a 10th and 25th overall prospects, the Padres have the pitcher that we've apparently been in on. And people were like, you know, I don't even know if Glaber gets him. What are we talking about here? I have no idea who our 25th. Like... That looks like, hey, you didn't even pick up the phone. Cause, and now, like, you know, it worked out that, you know, we didn't get Lindor. But, like, that was, like, when the Lindor trade happened to the Mets. It was just, like, that package we could have done. Like, we could have easily done that. But instead, it's like, well, good thing we sent Heal and Garcia down to AAA th- today because we've got them, you know, for the trade we're never going to make. We could have traded the two of them. And we'd have a number two starter. Yeah, and I, I, but I like, I like heel. If you're not going to put him on the roster, then yeah, cash it, cash in for something. I mean, they, they did that with Albert Abreu. They traded him for, you know, a, a catcher that hits two ten because he was out of options and they didn't have a spot for him. I'm talking about a number two starter. Yeah, like yeah, I need no, a no. number two starter. <laughs> yeah, we don't have one, and our number two starter already has soreness, and it's 
April 4th. So he couldn't make his most recent start. He threw a bullpen instead. They said it was general soreness. Of course, they're not going to give him an MRI because, you know. He, made, he made a start after that. He started over the weekend. He was just delayed a couple of days. Okay, I was in San Diego. Yeah, he yes. looked good. Apparently, like, he looked good. His fastball was up. But, like, I trust that as far as I could throw him. You know, like, you know, his based on his injury history and when he was supposed to do the bullpen, it was scheduled for 3.15, and at 4 o'clock, he still wasn't there. That that was just a comedy skit when Max Goodman tweeted that. Like, you know, there's there's not a lot of faith to have in him. No, no, there's there's really not. It's tough to count on him as a number two, and then you're, you're going to hear the lines about all the upside of Clark Schmidt and Davey, who, you know, again, I'll believe it when I see it. I know Schmidt's some, well, first of all, Schmidt added four miles an hour to his fastball. I, I don't know if he's doing steroids or whatever, but, th- but that's awesome. So maybe yeah. he'll be good. I mean, and that's great. Like some of the guys we've seen this year, who there's been a lot of guys who've added to their velocity, which I think is, you know, obviously great, but you still got to throw it hard where they're not going to hit it. And that's, you know, been a problem is, can you put a guy away? Even if you get two, two strikes on that fastball, they can catch up with it for the third one, or you're going to fucking hang a slider in the middle. And that's exactly, just going back to Seve, that was always his issue when he struggled. He'd be throwing it 101 right down the middle and, and getting hit harder, 99 down the middle. It was never never really a velo thing or a stuff thing with him. It was just pure location and command, which is what he struggled with this spring, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to expect out of him because – you know, it's also with this short spring training, who knows what to expect out of any of these guys. Like, Cole's RPMs are down, the spider attack thing, whatever. Um, but, you know, you think he's going to, you know, figure it out. But his last start is was not on TV. So. Tough to say. You didn't you didn't saddle up next to your radio and, and tune in for. Dude, I haven't hours. listened to a fucking game on the radio. Whatever we trade for someone like, what's John Sterling's? I don't give a fuck. Oh, yeah. the home call. I don't give a shit about John Sterling. Like, I met him one time and I was like, oh, cool. Like, I took a picture with him. But like, I don't give a flying fuck about that at all. Yeah, a lot of people do. The the times that I like listening to baseball on the radio is when I'm sitting on the beach. I, I like the the sound of Sterling, the sound of the waves, the sand, the seagulls. That that's a pleasant experience for a day game in the summer. You described like the two things I hate the most, which are listening to a baseball game on the radio and being in sand. <laughs> it's just like, oh, now you got sand everywhere for like three days. Forgot you hate the beach. I hate the beach. I like beach. I I love LBI Beach Haven. I love being there. I love eating out at the restaurants. I love the smell of the the water. I don't like the physical sand. That was going to be my next comment. I feel like you like everything about beach towns except the actual beach, like the drinks, the food, yeah. hanging out on the deck, you know, yeah. balcony with a cocktail. The water is so far from like where the sand starts. Like you've got to go, it's always a billion degrees, the sand. Like, yeah. it sucks. There's no, like, fun way to... Be- and then, even you go in the water, you come out, you're cu- it's all salty. You're fucking disgusting. Rent a house with a pool, and I'm there. What about, like, do you like lakes? Like, going to the Poconos or the upstate New York, anything like that? I haven't done vacation? that. I haven't done that in, like, forever. Like, I'm looking at, in January, I'm putting together, a, like, eight, like, groups of people, like, trip where we're renting a mountain house that has an indoor pool 
It has its own indoor pool. Okay, there you January. go. Right, right. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm a pool guy. Like, let me just, like, boom, there's a bathroom right here. Like, I, you know. I Dude, just, pe- people ask me to go camping, and I'm just like, why would I pay to give up all of the amenities that I like yeah, and sweat my balls off overnight getting bit by bugs and hoping that the bears don't come eat our food? Like, it just sounds fucking terrible. Yeah, I have, like, a group of guys I went to college with, like, had a trip they'd put together in – I think the actual place is called Stinkville, or they called it Stinkville. <laughs> Whatever, and they're like, oh, Stinkville. I get the email, and finally I went to the guy and was just like, every year, I was like, dude, I've gotten this every year for like five years. Don't, like, why are you going to send me this? Like, why am I going to go? Like, one of my, like, close buddies would go every year. Like, he was very into it. Another one of my buddies, like, uh, he went one year with, like, a girl he dated. Another couple I know went one day. But my buddy would, like, interview, be like, yeah, you know, like we party and then like, you know, sometimes you like you hook up with someone. I'm like, you think I want some like been in the woods pussy, like two days of peeing outside pussy, fucking splashing it off in a river? Ugh. Like, no, it's yeah, it's disgusting. I eating pussy in a tent. Oh, God, that's my I'd rather eat pussy on the sand. You'll end up with a neck injury on the on the IL. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there'll be a, a root that came out of the ground. We put oh, it's not good. Oh man, yes. Yeah, so no, no camping for us. All right. What do you think? Uh, what do you think the lineup's going to be on uh, Thursday slash Friday? Um, I. What do I think they're going to do, or what do I hope they're going to do? I, I hope that Stanton trots out there and plays the outfield, uh, and that makes it so DJ is in the lineup. Like I just. I don't see how you make all these defensive moves and then start Glaber Torres at second base over DJ LeMahieu. I'm trying to think what the equivalent is. It, it'd be like, you know, two guys at a company and one of them's dad works at the company and he's way worse at the job, but the other kid with no connections is way better and doesn't get the job or the promotion. Like, that's how I, when I think of Glaber and DJ, that's exactly how I think. It's of it. literally, again, his dad's a manager, so he got to play shortstop for a bit. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You know, he play he bat third and play shortstop, and that wasn't good. Talk about a situation where we've all been there. Oh my God, let let his kid play shortstop. Yes, and it's not for everybody the shortstop position. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, I if we could do Stanton, Gallo, Judge across the outfield, and Donaldson, Falafel, DJ Rizzo, Higgy behind the plate, Glaber DHing. Um, and Cole on the mound, I think that'd be great. How they construct the lineup, you know, you got to mix in the lefties where you can. I don't know who the Red Sox are starting. Oh, sales hurt. So it'll be Evaldi, I would think. Probably Evaldi. Um, who we never hit. So yeah. That's cool. So then it's like, oh, are they – so then are they like, oh, you know what we should do? We should put Hicks in the lineup so we get another lefty because he's a switch hitter and he hit that home run. <laughs> Once. It hit the foul pole, so they heard it in the heavens. Uh, I, I have basically, so I actually wrote down my, what I would like. And I, Let's basically do it. Had, I had what you have. So I actually have Donaldson leading off at third judge, right field Rizzo at first Stanton and left Gallo in center DJ at second Glaber DHing Higgy eight. And then IKF nine, just cause he's fast. Yeah. They won't the, do it though. Hicks is going to start in center field. Hicks is going to start in center field. Glaber's going to be at second base. Because also, I mean, with um, I think uh, I think Stanton threw someone out today from the outfield. Nice. Um, 
the realistic situation, I know it's a, a nightmare for you, and we won't go into the details of why it is, but like it's going to rain on Thursday. Like This game's on Friday. Every year. Like If you go back, 2018, I was on... I was on the SEPTA train going to Trenton from like I think I was around 30th Street and it got canceled for snow. Snow. No, that was um it was the first year stand. It was 2018. Oh yeah, it was. I remember. It was cuz I was driving through the Holland Tunnel and as I went in the tunnel we were playing as I came out Boomer said we weren't. That's depressing. I think mine's more depressing because I had to go the I had to get off of the train and then Uber straight to work in my Yankees hoodie and oh, because you're trying to save the day. So yeah, I was was oh maybe I'll go back tomorrow. I was going like for work, like it was the work seats, and I was going with the CEO, and I was driving my boss who now lives like a couple exits away from me, and so got up there. Me and him went into the office because we were going into the office anyway. It was. 8.30 in the morning. So it was like we were going to go in for like two hours. But instead, we went in. And by noon, he was like, can we get the fuck out of here? And I was like, hell yeah, man. Like, let's go. And then it became like, all right, so who can go tomorrow? And I was like, well, I can. And then no one else could. The CEO couldn't go. whatever. So I just got the tickets the next day and could bring my friends. And it and it rained the next day, didn't it? Yeah, it was kind of crappy weather, but like I was there, I, you know, I it didn't count. It wasn't PTO. It you know, I wasn't worried about that anyway. Um, and yeah, I was just I was there, and I got to bring my friends instead. Twenty twenty, it was beautiful weather on what was supposed to be opening day at Camden Yard. So of course, didn't that didn't happen because of the pandemic? And then last year, I went and it, they played, but it rained pretty much the whole time, and just just got rained on so just just i feel like this just happens every year rained and wasn't an extra innings loss yes judge oh it was brutal judge struck out i think with men on with the tying run on third to end the game well they had in the ninth inning they had second and third one out and the winning run was a third and they obviously you know they didn't get him home yeah i mean it's 95 percent chance of rain thursday all day yeah, I think I may need to uh, adjust some things. So yeah, we'll we'll have to talk about that offline. But that's just a just a yearly occurrence. I feel like. Yeah, and so like, you know, we we bought our tickets. The secondary market is going to tank because there are a ton of people who buy tickets can't. You know, you can't switch that day off. Like it's it's just not that easy to do. And some people will hold out because like, what if the weather changes? So like, if you didn't do it today. It's too late to do it. A lot of people just don't. I mean, the job market's changed, so maybe more people are more willing to say, "Yeah, I just like going to baseball games." So I'm, you know, I'm changing my PTO day. But um, yeah, so the market's going to get flooded with those people just trying to recoup anything. So people will be able to get in for cheap if they have the ability to get off. Yeah, no, it it, it creates a lot of options. But the thing is, is you can't plan for that. I mean, I remember talking to you last monday and it said it was supposed to be 62 yeah (laughs) so and the other thing is well i don't feel dumb like i don't feel like we jumped the gun because when we when we bought our tickets there was very limited options for what we wanted in terms of where we wanted to sit being near the aisle and you know you can't you can't bank on rain you can't bank bank on the market tanking yeah and i'm on i'm on paternity leave so i don't care i'll be there friday regardless yeah, it's just cool. a matter of am I going to be sitting next to you, sitting next to strangers, or do I help you resell resell those tickets so I know who I'm sitting next to? We got a lot of we have a lot of options there 
we will see about what happens opening day. I would like to hear – so you last year you were more on the negative side. This year when everybody was being negative about the offseason, you were pretty positive. I'm generally curious to hear your season prediction you know, record-wise, where we finish, all that fun stuff. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So, barring, so everything could go right and this team could win 100 games, right? Everything could go wrong, and this team could win 75 games. I think we realistically are around a 90s, low 90s win team. Uh, I think we beat up on the Orioles this year, but I think everyone in our division does. Uh, I think the Blue Jays are going to be good. I think like you can never, you can never say the Rays are going to be bad. You know what I'm saying? Like how... Like, how could you ever count them out? But I could, and then the Red Sox, you know, sometimes their guys just play better. So, like, it, it's just. It's true. That's so true. That, that It sounds simple when you say it like that, but they, they, they do seem to always overperform and always play their best ball against us. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to supervise. Like, sometimes they just play better. Yeah. So, and if, and it feels like, at least for us, that that never happens. Like, we never just play better. Um, so when I look at it, like I I think, like, the easiest thing is we come in second place in the division behind the Blue Jays or the Rays, and the other one of them is in third place, and we're a wild card team, and then it's, you know, hey, just get hot at the right time. Okay. I'm pretty similar to you. I, I have them at 90 and 72. So they were 92 and 70 last year. Okay. I think this roster is better. Like, I think they're maybe two to three games better. But last year, Judge and Stanton both played the entire year. And I just, the odds of that happening again are slim. One of them is going to miss at least a month or two, I think. So that is what pulls me down to 90. So I think that, I think they're a better roster than last year. I think the defense will be a lot better. But I do think that Judge and Stanton will miss more time. And, and people forget they were really healthy last year. 
Like they they were healthy and they only won 92. So that that's what scares me. Yeah, like we've complained about like the injury bug for years and because like there were some really bad injury bug years, but I think people get so caught up in that that it's like, oh, well, Seve didn't play the whole year, so the injury bug. Like, people get hurt on every team. And I think it's easy for Yankee fans to act like we're the victims in, in everything. Like, it's always us. Everyone else had the perfect season. Like, all their guys stayed healthy. It was so easy for them. Yeah, exactly. And especially with guys like Seve, who you really can't count on at this point anyway. But yeah, Judge played the whole year. Cole played the whole year. Stanton played the Cole, the whole year. Those are, your th- those are your three best players. I know DJ had the groin, but he played all year too. So, you know, they got Rizzo and Gallo. They were healthy. So they were they were pretty healthy. Um, but yeah, I do think, and I actually think they'll finish in fourth place, but make the playoffs. I think they will be the sixth seed in the American League. So you think four AL East teams... I do. I, I really do. I think this is the best division in, ba- in baseball history, arguably, in terms of the top four. Just pure talent. That's 490-win teams last year. That's never happened before. Yeah. I mean, it was a screwy season. I think you're hoping for less COVID, like, you know, just being a factor in, in teams in general. I'm not just saying that. Just in general, guys having the missed time because of COVID, you hope that there's uh, there's less of it. Um, But... Yeah, fourth place. Yeah, no, I have a hard time. I can't. It's I, hard for me to say that the Blue, the Blue Jays, they were one game worse than us last year, and they had, what, four different home stadiums and played all around the country. Like, they're going to have – and they're gonna, remember, unvaccinated players can't even travel there. They are going to have a monstrous home field advantage. I don't see us finishing ahead of them. I don't see us finishing ahead of the Rays. The Red Sox, I do think we could finish in third place. Every once in a while, the Red Sox just shit the bed, and they have one of those last place – season so i mean that could happen they could finish in third but it's it's hard for me to come up with a scenario where they finish above third and that sounds crazy to say as a yankee fan but it's, it's just what i think yeah no i mean i i understand what you're saying i don't really have an argument against what you're saying because i think you know part of it is just hope that like you know we've had some rough years when it comes to injuries we last year we were healthy but guys just underperformed uh, we don't have wiggle room. Like there is no trade deadline splash. Like there's no reason to go out and make the trade, unless it's like, hey, we're just gonna we're gonna go over and bite the bullet. But then our bullpen is gonna be Devi Heel, you know, next year because yeah. we're just gonna commit all the Chapman Britain money to someone who's still under contract. Exactly. And if they would have signed Freeman or Seeger or Simeon or Story or any of those guys, I, I might be singing a different tune, but it's it's tough to when when their biggest splash was, you know, getting a thirty six year old third baseman and just praying that he goes back to his twenty fifteen form and that, that was the big move. It's just hard for me to get excited about that. Uh, well that wasn't the big move. The big move was we got a defensive shortstop in there who's who's athletic. I'd say those, yeah, those were bad. Even IKF and, and Donaldson, I guess they were the, the same move. Well, like, yeah, Donaldson was like the throw-in kind of, like, hey, you've got the poison pill, you've got to swallow. And you know, it goes back to what I've been saying for years: is just organizational chaos. Like, who's in charge? Like, what the fuck's going on with this team in general? So, um, to be in this position now, like, I'm just trying to be optimistic because there is no easy way out of it. There, it's not just like, oh, well, here's what we, you know, the free agent class next year. 
it's like you said with the Xbox wires and the, and the TV where it's just so untangled. And, you know, Cashman reminds me of the guy who was like short and a nerd growing up. And then like junior year of high school, he shoots up to like six feet and, you know, gets the glasses off and, and all of a sudden gets all cocky. Like he used to get bullied by George and he was kind of a nerd and, and people used to just bully him. And now he's almost bullying how it, it's been. It's almost like we've watched him mature from a nerd into a douchebag. Yeah, I mean, he's when you have the job for that long, you just kind of think like, "Hey, no one's ever going to take this away from me." Hal's not going to fire him, and he knows that. Yeah, I mean, and, and I blame the media too because I don't think that the one there are too many beat reporters. It used to be like two guys, but now you've got like a hundred different beat reporters from every website and whatever. And because there are so many people and they're all hoping for some exclusive interview, that's never going to happen. That is never, let me reiterate, never going to happen. They don't criticize these people. And like part of it is, yes, is, you know, reporting what's going on. But we're not talking about like politics. We're talking about sports. Sports media is supposed to criticize and ask what's going on. The biggest critic of the Yankees in New York media is Michael K. You think? He's pretty soft on the mic. He goes he has said uh like a number of things criticizing like some of the moves and asking like what are we even doing here? Um Okay, I don't listen to his show. Yeah, I catch the clips. Gotcha, okay. Um but you know, it's just like what do you you know we all we can do is be hopeful and guess what? If they're fucking around and it gets to June and we look like dog shit I'll be outside in my pool. Like, you know, that's just the way I look at it at this point because the way the league's changed, too. Like, yeah, it'd be nice to have home field throughout, but I don't know, we're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, probably. It, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, I remember last year that that Phillies, the Tyone debacle just kind of just kind of knocked us down and I never really it was hard for me to fully buy back in after that. But yeah, you look at what has to go right for them to, like you said, a hundred games stand and judge need to play the whole year. Cole has to be a, a top three pitcher in the league, figure out how to pitch without the sticky stuff. Um, Seve has to miraculously be 2017, 2018 Seve Chapman's gotta, you know, go back to 2017, 2018 form. There is a lot that has to happen for this team to win a hundred games. Yeah. I mean, Joey Gallo has to, you know, hit two thirty, and that's the craziest thing of all the things you just said, you know, like, yeah. Um, but the way that the roster is constructed, I think part of the way I look at it is like, I don't know, maybe we have a little bit of that Red Sox in us, you know, with this roster, when you've got Donaldson, you've got Rizzo, like guys who've, who've been in the league for a while are just like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm in the home stretch of my career. Like, let's go out there and fucking have some fun. Like, we've been playing a game. It's a it's a kid's game. Let's do it. Especially Donaldson. Like, we've talked about how he kind of brings that that edge, that kind of fuck you, I'm a douchebag personality to the team that we need more of because we have way too many nice guys like we've talked about extensively. We have enough nice guys. It's nice. That was probably my favorite part about that trade is that, oh, like, he's a prick. Like, I don't like this guy, so I like this. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, if – uh, there's not going to be Club 161 after you win two games in a three-game series against the Red Sox. <laughs> you know, and now it's Saturday, and it's like, well, we won two games. <laughs> it's June. And, yeah, no more that. What did they do in Houston? They pretended to, like, take the jackets off 
or the shirts off. They were like pimping the home runs, and then they and then Chad Green let up a game winning Grand Slam. They got to stop with that. Yeah, just like I don't know, find some weird thing you do to second base at second base when you hit a double, some hand gesture. Let it come naturally over the course of the season. Like you guys don't know each other yet, even though you just had spring training together. Let that all come together. You want to grow mustaches or something? Like go nuts. You could all look like Nestor. <laughs> do you have a like under the radar? guy maybe kind of at the back end of the roster that you think is going to surprise some people have a big year any kind of any kind of x factor something like that no because i don't think like we give people the opportunity to to do that like there there would have to be like a big injury and someone like really has to step up like like geo got the opportunity because there were seven injuries before him you know like maybe marwin gonzalez is gonna get a chance to, you know, make this roster. He didn't get sent down to AAA today, and NCRT did. So you got to think he's that utility guy. And, you know, can he can he stick? He's had a good spring training and a short spring training so far. Can he make the most of those opportunities to, you know, find more more opportunities, especially if we're going to keep a guy like LeCastro in? So, like, you know, it's late in the game. DJ, you know, DJ's getting older. DJ hits a double opposite way. You put LaCastro in the run, you know, there's more when, you know, go out there, play defense, you know, hey, if we didn't score the run, we're going extra innings. Does he get an opportunity? Like, those are the opportunities that are going to be out there. Um, I have a hard time getting excited about, like, Clark Schmitz looked good and that's going to translate, you know, because it's just, it's happened so many times before. Yeah, I think that, I think Clark Schmidt is going to be a lot of people's answer. Like if I asked 100 Yankee fans that question that I asked you, I think like 92 of them would say Clark Schmidt. I think for me it's heel. I just – I think he's got the swagger. I think he's got the size. He's got the velocity. It seems like – like I always look at mound presence. Obviously this isn't analytical at all. But some guys just have a presence on the mound. Like they get on the fucking mound and you're like, OK, this guy's a pitcher. And he – checks that box for me and he was he was good last year a lot of strikeouts obviously struggled a little bit with command and control but i think he's got the physical and mental tools so you know i'm I'm excited i know he got sent down but whenever he is does get an opportunity i'm excited to see him that that redhead kid i know he's injured but he was throwing like 101 last year ridings they do have some high upside high velocity arms kind of knocking on the door yeah i mean but you got to throw it where they're not going to put the bat. Yeah. Which, yeah. and like Ridings was, he was fun because he had red hair. Like, I oh, threw hard. He had red hair. Sweet gimmick. <laughs> Once there's some tape on you, what does that look like for batters? Yeah, yeah you you're know? right. You're right. So, and, and it goes back to what I've been saying for years about just like player development. You know, Jordan Montgomery's got to start 20 something games this year and he'll be a, you know, 100 start starter. I've been wrong. Phil Hughes started more than 100 games for the Yankees. So, you know, he was a world beater. Um, But, like, that's where we're at is, like, can these guys continue to perform? And I don't know if it's just a New York culture thing because New York – and I know so many Yankee fans don't live in New York. But, like, New York's so fast-moving and everything's happening so fast. And I think a lot of it does come from people – a lot of the energy we see is people from New York who live in New York, um, whether it's young professionals or whatever who are like on their own and just trying to like get to games with pinstripe passes, and now they're all on Twitter. Um, but like everyone, everybody wants every call up that we have that strikes out two guys without giving up a home run to be Lynn Sanity all over again. <laughs> 
No, you're right. You're right. But for me, like the guys like Heel and Ridings get me way more excited than the guys like Davey and Schmidt because Davey and Schmidt, I've been hearing about him for three years and haven't seen anything. Whereas these guys, it's like, oh, I, they haven't disappointed me yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. That's why, like, that's why I say with Schmidt, it's like I've already heard this story before. Like, I know how this ends. To, and if it ends differently this time, great. But I'm not going to buy into it yet. Yeah, it, it's tough to. Did Davey now is Davey going to open with the big league club? No, have, have he got sent. He got, okay, he's sent down. Yeah, Davey and he all got sent down along with uh, Enciarte and someone else. Got it. Well, he, he Enciarte sucks. Interesting, interesting times. It's a weird. It, it's just also just a weird year. Like this kind of reminds me not of 2017 and the fact that. They have a, a young team with a lot of upside, but just in that I, I could kind of see it going either direction. Like 2017, they had some studs, but they were coming off a shitty year, and it was like a let's see what happens kind of year. For for me, that's it. Like 85 wins wouldn't surprise me, but they could also win 100. I feel like it's a very, very wide range of what they could do. Yeah, and it's weird to say on a, a podcast that yes, we will listen to about the Yankees, but like I'm just going to you know, kind of go with the flow of the season. Like see what we got, try to be a voice of the people have some fun, get out to some games, like, you know, be appreciative that we can get out to games this year. I can't go to Baltimore now on the 16th. Yeah, me neither. Because I forgot it's fucking hot. Well, it is Halloween, spring Halloween (laughs) the next day, all ghosts and candy anyway. But, you know, I got to be here for my kids to get their Easter baskets. Oh, it's Easter. Right. Yeah, I can't go because of my wedding. Yeah. But uh, and I even honestly, it's going to be freezing anyway. No, so I was going to go, and I was like, all right, so my uh, uh, my options came down to I can go and just be sober and drive home that night, which, like, what's the point of going to Baltimore if you're going to be sober? Yeah, that's true. Like, at least, the, you know, like, what are we talking about? No one yeah. goes to Baltimore to be sober, regardless of baseball or not. Um or take the train. So I was like, great. Like, I'll look. Even if I got to leave the game a little early, because I'll go, I'll have a day. I'll go to the train station. Last train leaves Baltimore at 846. Like, that's too early to leave. I needed, like, a 10 o'clock train. Is the Saturday game at 7 or 4? 7. Oh, uh, yeah. Then you're fucked. Honestly, Amtrak, New Jersey Transit, SEPTA, all of them. COVID, they just used COVID, and now they run, like, half as many trains. Yeah. there. I was just like, there is no trains. So, yeah. So I can't go. So that... My kids, I could be here when my kids, the Easter Bunny comes back from the dead or whatever. <laughs> They're in Baltimore. I know on a weekend in July, like the first, July. the first series after the All Star break. Yes, and then I think they're there for like a Monday through Thursday during the week, maybe early May, mid May. No, yeah, no, I can't do that because I can't be drunk like that during the week. No, nah, it's true. It is, it is tough to go there. When the drinks are like a third of the price at Yankee Stadium and not and be sober, that that's a really good point. And like you said, plus it it's it's just Baltimore. Like yeah, I could drive to Yankee Stadium, go into Billy's, have a beer, have a shot, have like another beer, hang out like for the game, and drive home. But like I'm not going out to Baltimore and not getting absolutely shit housed because like yeah, I make a whole day. Billy's too. Same thing with the Phillies too. I, I don't think I would have been able to like. I think road games in general, you almost need that. At least I do. I almost want that beer jacket well, just to be around opposing fans. Yeah, I mean, it's not even that. It's just like I make a trip of it. Like I get to Baltimore for a 7 o'clock game. Like I'm trying to get there at like noon. I'm trying to get to Baltimore at noon. I'm going to boozy brunch. I am stumbling down the street by 3 o'clock. 
Yeah, we had a day. We had a long day last year. Yeah, dude, sure. I had security come up to me and be like, "Sir, you're not allowed to smoke weed here in the stadium." <laughs> right. And I was just like, "Are you sure?" Because I'm sitting in the governor's box. I'm in Larry Hogan's suite. Are you sure that's not okay? And they were like, "We're very much sure that you're not allowed to do this, sir." That that was great. That was a great night. And honestly, like that, I went Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And by Sunday, in like the fourth inning, even I had had enough baseball, which takes a lot. Yeah, for me to get to that point. But I think I realized that no matter where the Yankees are, I don't think I ever want to do three games of the same series again. Yeah, it's a lot. It, it's it's a lot to do, especially when it gets to Sunday, especially when you mix in a ton of uh, a ton of drinking. Um, so, I mean, we're in the home stretch here. Do you think a judge deal gets done? I don't. I don't think so. Cashman said no. No comment today, and it's well because I guess like Beltron just like said it was done. Yeah, I don't know how much. I, I, it's hard. I don't take that. I no, feel like we Beltron to... said it in the booth, and then like they immediately corrected. Like no, no, no. I I don't know anything. Like I just said that out of turn. I mean, last year Lindor had an opening day deadline, and Passon tweeted it at like four a.m. On like the night before opening day or the morning of opening day, like three or four a.m. So, I guess, but I'm 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 nervous, man. I really hope it's it's for five years or less. If it's six years, I'm going to be a little upset. Wait, wait, what's going to make you upset? How many years? Six or more? Yes, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's got to be five. It's got to be like you just or we just have to see what he has this year and then. And I think the Yankees are setting it up to, like, we're going to try to do a, like, we're going to offer fair money, and we're going to make Aaron Judge tell the people of New York who are struggling, who've been hit hard by COVID, by mandates, you know, people who are facing the same mandate he just got around, that $30 million just isn't enough for me to play for you. Yeah, but I, I don't know if... The- Fans are so obsessed with Judge that I could see them taking his side if Judge and Cashman got into a spat, especially with Cashman's low level of popularity right now that you alluded to earlier. Yeah, but either way, I mean, once he like then it just becomes something you move on from. Like if he were to if Judge doesn't sign an extension and then goes into free agency, and goes somewhere else. It's like, I mean, he's dead to us. He's never coming back. Oh no! So it's no. just it's over then, like, you know. Yeah, and he's played five. I don't count twenty sixteen. He's played five seasons, and two of them have been healthy. I, I don't like the idea of negotiating this after one of the two healthy seasons out of five. Like, I think again, probably misses time this year. Probably plays in a hundred games or a hundred and five games instead of the one forty last year. And if you negotiate just when he's a free agent. Probably knocks twenty million off, thirty million off. I just don't think it's smart business to negotiate with him at his highest level of value, essentially. Yeah, and I also don't I don't know, based on like what we've seen out of free agency this year, like, yeah, there were a couple guys who got, you know, big deals early, nothing record setting. And at the same time, the biggest guy, Correa, ended up having to like make a you know, like a, uh, he had to make concessions in his deal. He didn't give the years he wanted. Yeah, he got some big money. He's going to have to opt out and do it again. But, you know, if you're Aaron Judge, you don't want to go year to year because, you, like, the injuries are going to come because of his size. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, there's, there's no question. It's just it, – it's a scary – it's a scary situation to be in. I'm a little bit a little bit nervous about it. But yeah, we're – so it's Monday. I, they'd have to announce something, yeah, by Thursday morning. Do you think his deadline is real? Because he kind of backed off of it like a week ago. No, I mean I don't think any of those deadlines are real. Like if I offer you – Five years, a hundred uh, yeah. Five years, one hundred and fifty million dollars, and you go. That's not enough. But I have a deadline, and I come back with seven for two hundred million. So it's more money, more years. You know, you're gonna say no. Uh, uh, I can't think about that right now. My deadline. Yeah, no, that, that that's because guess point. what? Then you know, a hamstring comes up tight. You're on the IL for two, three weeks, and we go. Hey, so maybe you want to? I know it's in season. But would you be able to? Yeah, you'd be able to open the talk. Got some extra time on your uh, yeah. on your schedule now. If Bel- so, if if my opinion is if Bel- if what Beltron was saying was real, if he actually knew something at one o'clock, two o'clock, whenever we said it, we would have seen one of these big national writers tweet at least tweet that it's close or something. Who? No one's telling Carlos Beltron anything. Yeah, I like I, Carlos Beltron has been trying to do this like redemption tour the past couple of days of like, yeah, what we did was wrong. Da, da, da. Like. You are an announcer. You're a rookie announcer who his last involvement with baseball was losing a job you had just gotten because you cheated as a player. So I'm, you know, I don't think like Brian Cashman's like, Carlos, let me tell you what I've been working on, bud. (laughs) Yeah, he's probably not the first guy to know. And just to kind of build off that, I don't like how Cashman shredded. Keep shredding the Astros, but we hired Cameron Maben and we hired Beltran. Like we're bringing in these Astros that aren't even going to help us on the field. It, like if, if you want to sign Correa, somebody that's going to help us, or George Springer, cool. But but you're doing this and you're bringing in these announcers and saying how articulate and great they are. Like I don't care if Cameron Maben's a great guy and a great announcer. He he fucked us over. So did Beltran. Like fuck them. Well, Carlos, I mean uh, Cameron Maben did hug a lot of people in a year that we didn't win the world series <laughs> so there's, you'd have that ready so there's that <laughs> like that you know the, these guys got the announcing jobs because they already know directions to the stadium we got to stop with that shit that's it's every everything they do is, yeah is like, it's that. like hey let's it's a lot of like and i get it that's the yankees have built a franchise on like hey let's bring back these legends the problem is we don't have any all the legends have been brought back <laughs> now we're just bringing back guys we know. Well, now we're just doing like they're just doing Jeter Night again. Like they already did Jeter Night in 2017. Well, now it's Hall of Fame Jeter Night. That's the right. difference. And they're giving out a plaque, and the plaque is for all fans, I believe. It's yes. not like because their promotions. It's like ah, oh, first 500 people who show up here <laughs> get Yankee tube socks. Like most of them are pretty fucking bad. And it was like, oh, I got, I need that suit, John and Susan bobblehead for what? People go crazy over the bobbleheads and they like unwrap them. Like, how how old are we? It, it's like a kid's toy. <laughs> like, if I started collecting bobbleheads, I wouldn't let my wife fuck me anymore out of self respect for her. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Be like, we seriously. can't, we can't have sex anymore because I don't want you to be a loser. <laughs> It is. It's funny. It's that and like not not to keep going on a tangent, but the people get excited over like bobbleheads and Star Wars and Spider-Man like this is this is kid stuff, guys. I'm here to watch baseball games and get drunk. Yes, because <laughs> I'm a man. Yeah, because I'm a fucking man. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think we're just like we, we kind of know what the 
what the roster is going to be because they're sending guys down now to, to AAA. There's one more game. You know, they play tomorrow, then they travel up to New York. I think it's going to be rained out on Thursday. I think opening day is going to be Friday. And then, you know, judging by just like, I'm looking at StubHub right now, tickets to get into games on like Saturday. Yeah, 45 bucks to get in. That's, you know, some people's first shot getting in. Sunday, you're at 20. Then you get you get to Monday, you got the Blue Jays coming in $9. Tuesday, $8. Oh, those are Wednesday, always the... Yeah. $8. The first week, like, uh, so you have opening weekend, and then that first Monday through Wednesday series is always like it's the cheapest ticket of the year. Nine, eight, eight, ten. Then they go to Baltimore, and when they come back, it's yeah, like a, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday against Cleveland, twelve, ten, ten. I think it's going to be easy to get in the stadium early in the year. Oh, it, it always is. It it always is. Like again, you can wait. You could buy tickets like that that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday against the Blue Jays. You can just log on to StubHub at six thirty. And they'll probably be five or six bucks. Yeah. People are giving those people are giving those tickets away. Yeah. So So hey, if you're gonna go to games, go early. Get the get in there while you're cheap. Enjoy it while everyone's still in contention. Because we may <laughs> win the World Series. We may come in fourth place. We may come in fourth place and win the World Series. Yeah. You know, part of it is gonna be getting hot at the right time. There's gonna be, you know, some team that gets cold at the right time. Like I'm not a big college basketball fan, but there are people like, you know, um, Kentucky beat Kansas by a million. They beat North Carolina by a million, but those teams are playing. It's like, yeah, well, you lost to St. Peter's. Right. You lost to a vocational high school in the NCAA tournament. That's the way it works. And so some team's going to win 105 games, and they're going to lose to a team that, you know, won 83 games. Yeah, that's how it goes. And people always do that. Well, like like a football team will go 6-10. and They're like, oh, but we beat the Super Bowl champs, so we were really the best team. Like, great. Yeah. yeah. Sound like go. Brian Cashman. Pretty much. Well, uh, you can follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show at George's Box Pod. Uh, we'll have new episodes every Tuesday. And uh, whenever opening day is, like, I don't know, we'll be at Billy's. Well, I'll be at Billy's. I don't know. Nick's got to figure out his life. We'll see. Tune in next time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so we'll see you at Billy's or we'll see you at the parade. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.